What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 60. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. You can hear us right on the contender.com. That's contender with a K. Um, and our show airs right after Bill Rowland's live show every Tuesday on The Contender at noon Eastern time. Um, but you can catch the show in a variety of ways, Spotify, uh, Apple, I, you know, a lot of different ways to watch the show and, uh, you know, and listen to our um, hilarity, uh, I'd right, say, Mike. Right, right. Listen to Mike's gripes. <laughs> listen to my... Uh, you know, my my occasional rant here and there. True. We have fun here on the DC Crossover. Follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Mike likes to get in fights with Penguins fans oh, on Twitter. Uh, we talked a little bit about Twitter last week. I got, I got and, someone blocked. Uh, I blocked them. But no, oh, uh, add it to the list. <laughs> add it to the block list. And it is also, as we are recording this, it is Mother's Day. So shout out to both of our moms, Mama Cerrone and Mama Simpson. Uh, two of the strongest ladies out there, big sports fans. Oh, yeah. They had to deal with our uh, various athletic activities growing up, taking us to our games and Concession showing stands. up and stuff like that. I mean, 
I, uh, you know, I'll experience this with with my kid, and uh, you know, you will experience it with future Mike Junior. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, to to you think about it, and it's think about how many games we played growing up, and how many games our parents had to show up to, right. and had to drive us to. I mean. You you were a superior athlete oh. in the lacrosse world, so I'm sure they were driving you all over the place for lacrosse. For me, it was a lot of travel baseball tournaments all over the state. I mean, it's a pain in the butt yeah. if you think about it. Like, I yeah. can't believe they, they, they did that for us. Well, I mean, I grew up playing baseball my entire life. I just had to I, – I switched sports uh, in high school because, I mean, it's a long story, but my high school was very political, and uh, the baseball team just wasn't a good fit. Um, sure. Not to sure. mention, little, the, we'll get into that story another day. Yeah, another day, sure. another time, um, maybe <laughs> another beer. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, when I changed over. My best friend was actually like I think one of the best lacrosse players in the entire Nova region. So uh, I got to you know learn from him and different things of that nature. Um, but yeah, when I was growing up, I played travel baseball um, uh, for for a few different years. And, uh, yeah, so doing all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, different uh, basketball tournaments. And, I mean, I didn't – I think I played – so I say I played basketball. I did play football, uh, baseball, golf. I mean, I did everything. That's probably why I have two bad knees now. Um, so For sure. You know, you, know, you have two uh, uh, multiple uh, ligament breaking down of your knees, then it's kind of hard to move. Um, so, but yeah. shout out to your mom for taking you to all those. Very, places. Yes, very much you know? so. And she, she, she loved doing it. Uh, at least when she got to watch and not got you know roped into doing the concession stand and selling hot dogs and trying to right. watch through that little that little hole uh, over there at uh, Bill Allen Field, Bill Washington actually it was the the baseball field over there by Sterling Park. Uh, but that was way back in the day, Li- Lower Loudon Little League. That was Lower uh, Loudon yeah. Little those League. Those are the great. L L L L. Yep, yep. There it is. There it is. But uh, yeah. Shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day to you uh, and all the, the moms out there. I got a nice little get-together at my, my uh, aunt's place. She ordered Olive Garden, which some people are Ooh. very, very, you know, uh, Olive Garden sucks. Olive Garden's terrible. Oh, I'm always an Olive hey, Garden fan. It's I mean, noodles. I mean, let's be honest yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 look, it's nobody, you don't go to Olive Garden for, like, the authentic Italian experience right. of, like, Handmade pasta. <laughs> now they may make it handmade, but it's definitely not the same as what you get over in motherland Italy. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what? I never knock the places like the the Red Robins and oh, yeah. the the IHOPs and the Olive Gardens of the world that oh. just make simple, easy, accessible food. Man, yeah. I mean, that was growing up. You know, the Pizza Hut buffets and things like that. Right. But Olive Garden, the bread, I mean, we all know the breadsticks are solid. True. We would crush, we'd crush them easily. So what was the Olive Garden spread? So basically my aunt asked everybody to uh, yeah, text her an order of what you wanted. And sure. uh, basically I, I couldn't really think of what I wanted, so I just went with the nice traditional chicken Alfredo. Uh, solid, you know, always a solid yeah, pick. Very, very, very solid pick. You get a little easy. protein. You get a little yeah. carbs. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a lot of chicken in that thing today. I was Ooh. like, "Whoa, man! They killed a whole entire chicken for me." Um, a little double meat, but actually. yeah, I guess it might have been double meat. I hope I didn't get charged for that. I still have to Venmo my aunt. But uh, at the same time, I, d- I got the chicken gnocchi soup, 
which was really good. Okay. That was solid. Not a lot of chicken in that one. I guess they used it all for the, the, the pettuccine. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it still sounds uh, delicious. The best part is dipping the breadsticks in that, in that thing. That's just, ooh, yeah, you get that. You move. get the Alfredo sauce afterwards that you just dip the oh, yeah. breadsticks in, or you get a little side of marinara and dip the breadsticks in. You can't go wrong with Italian food. Hey, it's hey, universally hey. loved. When you're there, you're family. That's what they say. When you're there, you're family. <laughs> and, and that is true. We have a lot to get to. Before we get that, uh, get to our show, though, I did want to touch on. So Mike uh, occasionally oh, comes yeah. to the show with a little um, uh, something that maybe upset him throughout the week. Right, and right. so I want to hear what was the big upset, upsetting moment of this week. So, so I usually text Ben every now and then just to remind myself so I can go back and look at our text thread and say, okay, you know, this is what I got to talk about in the show. So I understand people have been doing virtual for a long time, and I'm talking about more of the educational field where a lot of the teachers have been emailing a lot, and so have the principals, and so have the, the office staff, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, your wife is in the office staff now, so I'm sure she's been a part of some of sure. this as well. And I'm not the saying emails she's, are, are a flying, yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying she's a culprit of this, but I work at two different elementary schools, so I'm getting double the emails. And one of my elementary schools, I'm not going to name one of them, uh, basically, they like to send a lot of motivational emails all the time, and it's just like uh, it's it gets a little overwhelming every now and is then. Is it like the uh, you know fall seven times, get up eight, something you know, like that? that. Sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes. like those 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 weird fr- uh, phrases. Yeah, but they also sent an email today about Mother's Day, and I'm 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 a dude. Like, why don't send it to the the moms? Like, what what if sure. what if there's a teacher that's not a mom? What if, or something right. like that? And it's like, come on, now it's just, you don't have to send it to everybody. You don't have to reply all. So that's my gripe is there's two different things about email etiquette and email, I guess you could say, smarts, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. The first thing that is a gripe, and I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. The first gripe is when people have no idea how to write an email. And when I sure. say that, I mean they're putting the body of the message in the subject line. Which and, is an, an incredible move. Which is like, I mean, it's like, so you see the subject and it's like a sentence, and then right. you look at the the body of the whole entire message, and there's it, nothing there. It, there's nothing there, or it just says like Peggy or something like that. Like yeah. it's like it's like their signature. It's like, do you not know how to write? An My email? boss does that. My boss does that sometimes. It's like what? Why? Like what? He puts the message into like, hey, I need you to do this thing, and that's the subject line. Right. And the, I, I don't yeah, get it. It's I've like seen that too. Email's been around since. I mean, I'm 29. Email's been around since AOL, and and even before that, probably back when yeah. I was in like middle school. Like it's not that hard. It's not that hard to figure it out, and it's always like, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to date. Anybody. And it's not even like it's there. They're making it that like it's not like it's simpler to throw it in the subject line versus. The, I mean, nowadays, every all we all have email on our phone and yep. stuff too. The boxes are right next to each other. <laughs> might as well just type right the there. message in the message space. It's not saving you any time right. putting it in the subject line. Right, and th- so that's one of the biggest things that I have is is people okay. just don't okay. know how to do that. The last one I have is the reply all button. The infamous reply all. Can you stop replying sure. all? I'm a specialist. I, I, I'm a PE teacher. Why are you talking about 
classroom teachers and talking about this student or that student or what this this IEP plan is we're going to do here and this. Uh, I'm like, I don't even teach this kid. I don't even know who this kid is. And I'm getting right, like right. seven, a, a chain of seven emails in a span of two hours. Clogging. It's clogging your email box. I know. And, I, and I'm, I'm a little OCD when it comes to my email or my text threads or something like that. I like to delete and keep it clean. Man, you would hate my email. Oh, man. We, I, get, I, get, I get like 50 emails a day probably for w- different work stuff. I got all these different like boxes that they go to, right. l- labels and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all over the place. So like man. my Outlook email, for instance, for, for school, I, I usually see if there's like a chain, I'll, I'll try to delete like the first, say if there's a, a chain of seven, I delete the first six and I have that sure. one email so I can just scroll and read if I need to. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just irritates me because like people are just replying all left and right and it's like, please just leave me out of it. Like I, I, I can't have a hundred emails that don't even have to do with me. They don't, have, no, they don't pertain to me at all. It just, it, it just gets under my skin real easily, and it. I did. I wasn't having the greatest day. I think on Wednesday, and I got like I, I literally had maybe seventeen emails within an hour, none of which had anything to do with me. <laughs> I was Let's like, see my Gmail email box here. Look at that number there. It ooh, might be backwards. Fifty six hundred like, <laughs> emails. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. Yeah, fifty six fifty one. And that, that's I've got about seven different email accounts for all the various things I do. Oh boy! Um, so it's uh, a lot of it's just spam, though. I mean, you get so much right. spam email every day too. And well, whenever I see, whenever I see something like that, where whether it has to do with like like I did a reservation the other day, and now I'm getting emails from like Open Table or something like. Oh, that. Oh yeah, I know Open Table. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I've, he knows I've, what it I've, is. Uh, I've worked a little in the Open Table world, and I ended up uh. I ended up clicking on it, uh, the unsubscribe button, and it, and had like I was selected for like seven different email chains to get i'm like what do you wh- how did i do this like all i went on is yelp <laughs> email is the worst it's it's, oh, it's like how people used to get and we guess we still get in our in our regular mailbox you get all the spam mail of like right. all the ads and stuff yeah it's like the email has become that and like so i don't know what the next thing is that for us to actually not get spammed with right. every every second of every day and, but and hey, now companies send you texts sometimes oh, oh dude i randomly get texts i got one this morning at like 7 a.m that said like yeah. hey you want a free iphone click this link nice. to get click it. the link and did I, you click the link i was, hitting, I was close thing you could do. i was close to it um but uh, i get you yeah and then i have a lot of weight ones like what like it's like what am i looking up that's talking about my weight it doesn't make no sense oh a lot of weight ones yeah oh yeah they're, they're saying like hey lose 60 pounds in the next Whoa, 40 days and i'm that's like so insulting i know that's what i was I they know. They, <laughs> I, I block they know? all the numbers now, so but I still right. keep getting them. But last thing, so talking about you just talked about the mail and getting some spam in the mail. Right. So in my 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 address or at my address, I should say, I'm getting a lot of like fast food coupons or coupons, whatever you want to say. They must know. They know. They must know. And I don't yeah. I don't get it fast food that much whatsoever anymore. Like once in a while, I'll I'll, I'll divulge. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that. I'll try to look at it and see if there's <laughs> decent deals on there or good deals. Like if it's like, sure. if it's if they, it's like oh man it's okay you get free. They thing. accomplish what they're trying to do, right? But then there's some that are like you know oh you get like buy one get one ten percent off that doesn't do anything for you. It's like uh, it's like it's forty cents. So right, right. Wendy's they sent me a real good one, man. I, I was thinking about texting it to you. Yeah, well, what and then it? we could share the the coupon. I got codes. Wendy's yesterday. Oh, dude. There's some stuff on there. There must have been ten boxes on that page that said free, Ooh. and I just Ooh. kept looking at it. it. Said it said buy one get one Nothing free with any purchase. I eyes up. Ooh the, the man, free. It, it 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 it. I I put it on my fridge. I'm not going to use it probably, but I put it on the fridge just in case I have that one moment of of just. That's always a good idea. It's always a good <laughs> idea. 
Well, we got to get to the show. Let's go. We gotta let's get do to the it. Show. All right. Let's get into the first the rewind. <laughs> let's take a quick look at the past week in DC sports. We recap it in case you missed it. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Three and one this week. Monday beat Indiana 154-141. Crazy big scoring line. Uh, I won some money betting on that game. Ooh. Westbrook with 14 points, 21 boards, 24 assists. Rui with 27 points in the game. Wednesday lost at Milwaukee 135-134. This was a game that we kind of figured they'd pr- most likely lose, but they kept it close. Beal with 42 points. It was a four-point game. Beal hits a three, makes it a one-point game. Wizards get the steal, but Garrison Matthews does miss the three. It was about 50 feet away. Um, Thursday, one at Toronto, 131-129 in OT. Beal with 14 of his points in the fourth and overtime. And then another overtime game two days later, Saturday at Indiana, 133-132. Beal with 50 points, and Russell Westbrook ties Oscar Robertson with 181 triple-doubles. He should break the record in, in the next couple games with a few games left but three in one week for the washington wizards what about the washington capitals the washington capitals went three and one as well i mean both the caps and the Wiz right now are just playing fantastic ball and puck i guess you could say monday they won at new york six of three they knocked the rangers out of the playoff hunt uh, which I was kind of shocked that the Rangers kind of faltered really late in the season there. Uh, I thought they were going to make a nice little run with Boston, but that didn't happen. Daniel Sprong uh, with another goal, which adds his goal scoring recently with his sixth goal in his last seven games uh, in Ovi's absence, which is a fantastic run for him. But the win was overshadowed, obviously, as everyone has heard, by the controversy involving our man Tom Wilson and multiple Rangers. Uh, Artemi Panarin was in there as well. That's what pretty much led to that whole entire fiasco of a, a press release from the Rangers organization. That whole entire thing is an S show right now. Uh, yeah, but, we'll, talk, we'll yeah. touch on that in the, in the cap segment. Yeah, sure. seriously. Fast forward a day later, the caps forward was fined the max $5,000, but not suspended, which we dodged a bullet there. Wednesday, they beat the Rangers 4-2, which the game started not so well with multiple fights and penalties to the point where it really wasn't a game, and Locker and Joe B were on the call saying, can we just call a professional game here? Like, what is this? Pretty much during the second period, they were saying that because it was just fisticuffs pretty much the entire first period. The lone bright spot, though, uh, was TJ Oshie's return to the team after his father's passing. Uh, was Alzheimer's. Uh, he was battling that for a while. Osh scored a hat trick in honor of his dad, which was really a good moment to see on TV, at least, uh, besides all the fights and all that controversy. Friday, they lost to Philly 4-2. Basically a dud game from the Caps. Nothing really went right for them. Washington led in shots and hits, but the Flyers were playing spoiler and took down the boys in D.C., uh, which pretty much ultimately led to uh, the Pens winning the East Division, which I'll get to in a second. Saturday, they beat Philly 2-1 in overtime. A handful of starters not playing or not starting in this one as health and availability has started to become a minor concern entering the playoffs, but we'll talk about that as well. Ovechkin still not playing. Samsonov and Kuznetsov still have their issues with the team and the suspension. Uh, The Pens clinch the East, like I said, with Washington clinching the second spot with the Pens owning the tiebreaker. And now moving on. To the Natinals, as they uh, said uh, before, and uh, you know what? It's just not uh, hasn't been a good stretch of games here right recently, Mr. Mr. Simpson. Not the best week at all for the Nationals. One in five this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they played Atlanta first on Tuesday. Lost to the Braves six to one. Huascar and Noah. 
finished, uh, pitched seven innings, hit a grand slam. Say for that the Braves. five times fast. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, you lose to Atlanta again, another grand slam in this game. So this time, Marcelo Zuna, who had been uh, hitting pretty poorly this season, but then he hits a grandy um, in game two. And then in the third game of the series, lost to Atlanta again, 3 2. This was the YouTube game on Thursday. Um, where it was broadcasting live on YouTube. It's the only place you could watch the game. Kind of a, an interesting idea. We'll see. Rough called third strike on Robles uh, to end the eighth inning. That was kind of going around uh, on Twitter as far as, because it was a really bad call. Really low. Clearly a ball. Young umpire. Terrible call to kill a rally. Uh, Friday, the series started with the Yankees. Uh, and the Nats started off pretty strong. 11-4. Yankees infield uh, looks terrible. Errors left and right. Josh Harrison hit a three-run tater. Nats won 11-4. And then this weekend, it all fell apart. Two close games. An 11-inning heartbreaker. 4-3. Nats lost. Uh, Max Scherzer pitched a, a fantastic game. 14 Ks. Guy was on fire. Uh, and the bullpen loses it late. And then Sunday, same thing here as we're recording. This happened today. 3-2, to two, Nats lose. Now, Yankees had gone off uh, to a little lead. Kyle Schwarber hits a two-run tater to tie the game at two apiece. And then in the ninth, Brad Hand, back-to-back nights, just doesn't have it. Davey goes to Brad Hand back-to-back times, uh, especially coming off of a game that he just threw 25-plus pitches, and he gives up a walk-off. Uh, and nothing really to report in the Washington football team world. Uh, and we'll talk more about the Nats. We'll get into some more of like what, what, what's been going on this week when we get to them in the crossover section. Because let's start things off with a couple teams that are right here at the tail end of the season, starting with these guys. The Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards, Mike. 32-36, four games under 500. Ninth in the Eastern Conference. First time we've said that in a while. Yep. We've been saying 10th uh, pretty recently. And... Again, their you know playoff looks like it's going to be playoff bound. I don't know if it's official yet, but because uh, there's still four games to go. But uh, I mean, this team is it's it's making things interesting. It's making things interesting here uh, as far as the way the standings look right now. I uh, got it pulled up. So you got uh, the, from seven through ten, you've got the Celtics at the seven, the Hornets at the eight, the Wizards at the nine, the Pacers at the ten as of right now. And that looks like it's probably going to be that way because the Bulls are in the 11th spot, but they're three games back. That would be really hard to make up that ground here this late. And then, you know, Wizards and Pacers, that, that will be the, t- uh, that'll be the interesting thing is will they flip-flop. But right. uh, again, the Wizards heading into the playoffs here soon. But Russell Westbrook on the doorstep of passing, passing Oscar Robinson with uh, the uh, triple-double record. Four games left. You get Atlanta twice, Cavs and Hornets. What are you What are you looking for from this team for this week? This final week of the season, basically, um, you know, this team looks playoff bound. I mean, maybe if they lose all four games, there's a chance that they don't make it in. Mm-hmm. But the likelihood of that happening is is pretty low. Uh, they've been winning games. I mean, back to back overtime wins. Uh, this is you know, what would you like to see? Would you like them to maybe split the Atlanta series and beat a Cavs team or beat a Hornets team and go two and two this week and and get into the playoffs as the nine? Well, here's the thing is I told you last week that I wanted them to rest uh, Russ and Beal for the Milwaukee game. Now, that game they pretty much had in hand for the most part uh, until right. until Milwaukee came, came back late. Um, but the, the biggest thing was they took down Toronto. Now, they had that game pretty much in hand late in the game. I think they were up by about 9 or 10 with not that much time left, a few minutes left. 
Um, and then they also had a six-point lead with 45 seconds left, and they almost let that one slip through their fingers as well. But they ended up coming up coming up with a win. Uh, Toronto needed that game. That was a pretty much a winner-go-home game for them. Uh, because now, if you look at them in the standings, uh, you know they're, five, they're four and a half games back of the Pacers, and they're they're pretty much Dunsky. So that's the biggest thing when you look at it. Is that was a huge game. But then we talked about it last week, and then this Pacers series, how they had you know two games within five days, pretty much uh, against Indiana, and that was huge because uh, Rui had a huge game. They scored 154 points, uh, you know, against Indiana, uh, which was which was crazy because then Indiana comes back. And I, I think they beat – I don't know if it was the Grizzlies or I forgot who they beat uh, a few days ago, which I ended up betting against the Pacers because everyone was like, oh, man, they're, they're, they're hurt, they're this, they're that. And that kind of kept them in it as well. So they needed that win. So right now they're battling with Indiana. But I think when it comes down to this week, I'm hoping they can go 3-1. and If they can go 3-1, and I think Cleveland, that's going to be a win, I, I think, for how they're playing right now. I don't think Cleveland has a shot. I mean, the last two times they played Cleveland, uh, they, they, they beat them by almost double digits both times, 119 uh, to 110 the first time, and then 122 to 93 the second time at the end of April. Uh, so that one should be good. The Charlotte one's going to be tough. Charlotte has been playing kind of not really 50-50 ball, but they've been solid for the most part. I mean, they got a lot of good young pieces, uh, but we'll see how that game goes in general. Um, but I, I'm hoping, like you said, I hope they go 3-1. and one. They split the Atlanta series. Um, but you never know about the Atlanta series because Atlanta, you know, they they lost a game not too long ago as well. Uh, actually, I think it might have been Atlanta and Indiana this past week because I, I I knew I bet on the game, but I forgot uh, who uh, Indiana played. Um, right. But uh, you know, Trey Young and uh, Clint Capella, uh, they're just leading the charge for Atlanta. So I'm hoping that. You know, because they are in. Let me see what position they're in. They're in the fifth spot they're in right the now. Fifth spot, yeah. So you know, they're not really fighting against Boston right now with not, not that many games left, obviously, uh, to get into that play-in uh, matchup kind of situation. But uh, right now, I think that they're uh, now that they at least have um, uh, Trey Young back from injury. Now that's going to uh, be a good thing for them. Uh, but I think that if we split three and one, I'll be happy with that. I think we definitely should uh, beat Cleveland and Charlotte. Charlotte is almost a must-win. Uh, but at the same time, hoping three and one, uh, and we can possibly, maybe even sneak in to uh, that eighth spot because that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that would be the interesting thing, and, and the Charlotte game could be a preview of what they may, who they may face in the playoffs. Because the way the play-in tournament works for those at home who who don't know how that works, so the seven through the ten are in the play-in tournament. The seven plays the eight, which right now would be Boston playing Charlotte. The winner of that gets the seven seed. So the winner of that basically is the team that plays Brooklyn in the in, in the playoffs. The loser of that game plays the winner of the nine and the ten seed. So the Wizards and the Pacers would have to play each other in a one-game playoff. Hopefully the Wizards would win. And then they would play the loser of the seven and eight. And then if they win again, you know, the winner of that matchup ends up basically gets the eighth seed and has to play Philly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think if you're the Wizards... Because you look at also, and look, I mean, obviously playing against the one or the two, playing against Philly or Brooklyn, it's going to be tough regardless. If the Wizards are able to make it out of the play-in tournament and play one of those teams, it's going to be tough. But I'll tell you this. I like the Wizards matchup with Philly more than I like the Wizards matchup with the Nets. Uh, and I think that, uh, I, I mean, I, I think they would lose either way. Let's be honest. I mean, true, true. But I just think that I like, I, I, I mean, I like Russ versus Simmons better than Russ versus Kyrie. Um, you know, anytime you've got a team like 
the Nets that have such superstars as well. That's when they kind of really playoff time is when the superstars really come out, and that would worry me a little bit just because they they are so loaded. Um, but you know, I think I think the Wizards have a chance here. There is a path to get out of the playing tournament, and I don't really know which path I would prefer. I mean, like you said, if they if they are able to get up to the eight. Then you play Boston. Right. Boston's Boston and the Wizards always match up kind of tough because Boston is a really defensive team. Yep. They have a history. Um, you know, uh, that might be tough. I, I think the Wizards can smoke the Pacers, just like yeah, they did right. the other night. I, th- I think they can smoke the Pacers. Um, so I wouldn't even mind the Wizards to be in the position where they are right now at the nine. And then you beat Indiana, and then you, then you face, hopefully, Charlotte can beat Boston because I think the Wizards can beat Charlotte. So... Right. You know, something like that, but it's all it's all a little bit in flux, and it really does depend on how these four games go. Yeah, I also, I mean, I'm actually going to differ a little bit. I think they would play better against the Nets, mainly because of the sole fact that I think the Sixers have a better defensive team. I think Embiid down low is better than anyone the Nets really have down low to, to play defender. Um, and also the offensive presence uh, of the Sixers as well with Embiid, who's going to probably go out there. And I'll eat some humble pie. I said Embiid was kind of – I didn't say he was a bust. I, I thought he was overrated, but this year he's just, he's just smoking everybody. So uh, I, I will give him that. I'll give him the props for that. But the Nets, obviously you got KD, you got Kyrie, whenever Harden comes back or whenever the heck that's going to be. Uh, but I just, I, I just think that when it comes down to it, I just think the Nets aren't as good defensively as the Sixers are. I mean, Kyrie. Well, sure, yeah, no, yeah. The so, Sixers are one of the better defensive teams in the league, and that's the, and that's the thing for me is that it. I mean, if if I'm going to bet on possibly going into an offensive game where the Wizards can possibly score 125, 140 somewhere in the middle there, I'm going to try to bet that bet them to go against the Nets and hopefully outscore them. And you know, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be a winner. Let's put it that way, just like you said. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I'd rather have an offensive battle between two teams. And honestly, if you're looking at the Nets, I mean, for the for the playoffs, the top ten teams, the Nets are third worst in opponents' points per game. You got the Wizards, obviously, are the top worst, and then you have the Pacers. Um, but the Pacers, I I think the Pacers are a little bit better than they are. Um, but I think the Pacers just had a lot of injuries and different things of that nature, so that really hurt their points per game for the opponents. But at the same time, you're looking at it, and I just think that when it comes down to it, I'd rather play a team that's 99 out of 100 times is going to lean on their offense over their defense over a team that's you know pretty decently sound when it comes to offense but, but lean on their defense to propel them throughout every single game. Right, and I think it's a fair point. I think my, my point is I don't want to get into a shooting match with the Nets. True. With, with having James Harden, having Kevin Durant, and having Kyrie Irving. I think they're going to win that. Uh, because you're right, but Wizards suck defensively. The Nets <laughs> suck defensively. So it's two very bad defensive teams. But if it is a shootout, I think it's going to be it's going to be rough. It's kind of pick your poison, right? Because, right. like you said, the Sixers they're actually a top five defensive team. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, so you either have to deal with the Sixers defense or you have to deal with the superstars in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So you're either the seven or you're the eight. You're going to get smoked either way. Yeah. But hey. Let's just get in. Let's just get into the playoffs. Let's get let's, in. Let's, let's, let's Survive in advance, playoff. man. Survive in advance. Exactly. Let's watch some playoff basketball. <laughs> uh, a team that is not going to get smoked, hopefully, and a team that's going to actually have a pretty high seed. The Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. 35-15-5, 75 points, second in the East right now. They've clinched that second spot uh, beneath Pittsburgh. Mike, one game left. Uh, in the regular season, Boston on Tuesday, the Bruins game, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting week. I mean, it was it was kind of a 
the reason why we have a, a New York theme when, in the title of this episode is because you had the Nats deal with the Yankees this week, and then you had the Caps and the Rangers drama right. this week. So it's been kind of a D.C. New York week, and uh, it all started with the Tom Wilson stuff earlier in the week. And, and I'll tell you, watching the game, the second game, the, the brawl game, I mean, <laughs> while it was obviously not the best hockey that uh, it wasn't even hockey at all, really, right. at that point. At the same time, there were a lot of eyeballs on that on the sport and on mm-hmm. that game. Uh, you know, the Twitter clips were going everywhere. I, I know I was sending clips to friends and family. I mean, I knew that I had to watch the game that night. Oh, yeah. Because I, I knew that something like this could happen. And when the face-off happened and then immediately <laughs> everybody's fighting, and it was like, oh, this is on. Now... When you get to the sixth fight of the night, obviously it's like, all right, we're 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 kind of over. <laughs> what are we doing? But what are we doing here? I think it is the interesting thing that does separate hockey from the other sports is the fact that guys can fight. And I know it sounds so like caveman, like you know, uh, just just kind of I don't know, <laughs> low brow or whatever. But I mean, get, giving the guys a chance to fight makes that sport more interesting yeah. versus. The baseball throw the balls at the batter because they flipped a bat or things like that, you know. Or, or in the other sports, I mean, football is basically one long fight the whole game, but yeah. uh, it's a little bit different. But and then in basketball, obviously, there's the occasional shoving match. But the kind of the interesting thing about hockey is if a, if a team is pissed off at another team or a guy does something dirty or cheap shot or whatever, I mean, you're going to see a fight the next game and they're going to have it out and then they're going to move on. Now the, the Rangers had a hard time moving on though, Mike. Yeah. They really had a hard time moving. Well, also because of the sole fact that we knocked them out of the playoff run, even though they didn't really have a, too much of a shot uh, after losing uh, to the Islanders uh, like the week the, the week prior or whatever, um, a couple games. So that was the biggest thing, I think, that kind of like they were already like, oh, we're out of it. Why are we fighting with them? I mean, they don't like us. We don't like them. It's the same thing with almost every There's single – history there. Especially the sole fact that you look at, uh, you know, you look at this division – this is mostly all of our rivals. You know, when you look at uh, the Tampa Bays, you look at uh, who else? Am I, who else am I thinking of? Um, Florida and Carolina and stuff like that. We don't really care about them when it comes to competition here in the East Coast. We don't care about them because they're they're far away and stuff like that. Pittsburgh's only less than pretty much less than four hours, depending on how fast you drive. Uh, Boston's not too far away. The, the New York Islanders and the Rangers are real close. Philly, the same thing. New Jersey, they're all close. I mean, Buffalo. I have no idea where Buffalo even is. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's in Buffalo. It's a, it's, it's a, New it, York. It's in New York. It's somewhere in New York. I think it's <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, go Bills. Uh, so basically, when you look at it, I just think it's kind of funny that you know they they just had to keep fighting. Now I understand you have bad blood, but even they even they were trying to go after T.J. Oshie like. It was his right. first game. What, he wasn't even playing in the game that they had that whole entire scrum. So why are you – I don't know. I just think that it's it kind of It started getting stupid. It started not making sense yeah, yeah. at a certain point. I just think it kind of you know? it got, it got out of line to the point where you're just like, all right, right. guys, you know, we, we can fight. Okay, you fight, you fight, you fight, whatever. You get Tom Wilson a couple times or whatever it may be. And then the, there's going to – like when Joe B. and Locker say on, say on the broadcast, like, can, can we just call a hockey game here? Like, I mean, it's like, oh, they're dropping the gloves again. Here we go. You know, it's like – Whatever. Right, and that's the stupid thing. It's like, yes, okay, you know, the Tom Wilson play, definitely not one of his worst. Um, in fact, he he actually got you know got kind of screwed in that play because he actually had a guy on his back too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
you know, so it definitely wasn't one of the worst Tom Wilson incidents we've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you go after him, you fight him, you move on. If you're, right. And then the, the statement put out by the Rangers, who then later fired um, their GM, I believe. And yeah. uh, so it was, it was a wild week for New York sports in general. And that just added to the chaos. But um, uh, th- I did want to ask, so there was a little injury uh, news here, especially the last couple games and especially the last game. Um, are you worried? Are you worried about this in- latest rash of injury bugs heading into the playoffs? So um, for Mother's Day today, I went over to my aunt's, obviously, and my cousin is a huge Caps fan. Like, I mean, uh, watches and all the blogs and different things of that nature and stuff like that. And we were talking today briefly about it. And um, I, first of all, told him that – I think the Caps are were just like kind of fibbing with Tom Wilson's injury or whatever, um, like quote unquote injury. Like they said, oh, he had an upper body injury. Then some people were saying, oh, well, he hurt his hand or something like that. It's like I don't think he had an injury because he was playing like the next night. Sure. Okay, if he really had that big of an injury, then he wouldn't be playing any other game until the playoffs. Um, I just think they were trying to keep him out as a precautionary reason because it looked like the Rangers weren't going to stop fighting, even though, which is also funny, they kept losing all the fights. Or not, I shouldn't say, oh, yeah, maybe not all of them, maybe like 90% of them, but it's like, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, most of them, most of them I'd say went the Caps way. <laughs> well, the Caps, they've been saying it on the radio that literally the Caps have like four or five guys that are over 6'4". I mean, you got Anthony Mantha now, Zeno Chara, Brendan Dillon, Tom Will. I mean, it's like... Rangers. Yeah, you don't want to fight these. Guys. You don't want to fight these guys. Let's be honest here. No. And uh, that's why I thought it was kind of funny that the Caps had the fourth line out there to start because they knew something was going to happen. And Carl Haglin's out there fighting. And Carl Haglin's like five foot eight. You know, it's right, like right. I just thought it was funny. But uh, and I might be off with that 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 height. But anyways, I thought it was kind of hilarious. But uh, yeah, I just think they kind of they kind of faked uh, the, the Tom Wilson injury to say, hey man, just 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 cool your Jets, man. We got in the fight in. We we, we played you for a second. Just go sit down. Um, yeah, you need you need him. In the playoffs, yeah. So you need him. You need him to have a cool head. Don't do anything stupid for the rest of the regular season, right? And just just be there ready for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that also with the Ovi deal, they said he reaggravated his injury the other day. Um, I forgot which game it was exactly, where he only played like thirty seconds, and they said that he wasn't really feeling too good. And my cousin also, and I'm not saying my cousin's like this like inside or anything like that. Um, sure. But he reads a lot of, uh, of, 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 like I said, blogs and also uh, looks at a lot of the, the beat reporters and all that kind of stuff that, that are inside the locker rooms and whatnot. And he said that he really thinks that it's just a precautionary reason, in his own opinion, uh, for, for Ovi um, because of the sole fact that he, they don't want him to go out there and re-aggravate the injury when no. he could sit out for another week or so. And, yeah, he might be you know rusty a little bit, but it's Alexander Ovechkin. Let's be honest here. Um, and he also, by the way, not to get into it too, too much, but obviously the Seattle Kraken, they were talking about them, and this is a little bit later topic, but he also gave me some insight of how the Caps can possibly weasel their way out of letting TJ Oshie possibly get picked up. Because, uh, and I'll, I'll mention this to you real quick. In the expansion draft. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they obviously had the expansion draft where, uh, you know, a lot of the players can be, you know, in, in, in danger of getting picked, like Nate Schmidt did with the Vegas, uh, the right. Vegas Knights. And uh, so, basically, if, if they protect Oshi, Ovechkin is in danger of getting picked. But he said that wild. Ovechkin is a free agent and he and for, for next season. And that would give them two months. Two, two months, really, right there. I'm doing it in quotations. People can't, obviously can't see me unless you're watching the YouTube channel. Uh, but two months to re-sign Ovechkin. But the Caps could stay under the table and say, hey, we're going to pay you this for next season. Uh, so, you know, just let you know that if you get taken, 
you got two months uh, to not resign, not not sign a deal with them, and you can just come right back to us, and we don't lose anything. So right. He was, I'm sure there's rules against this. I'm sure there, 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 there might your cousin be. probably doesn't know that there's got to be some tampering rules. There might be, I, but hey. Yeah. My guess is the league has thought about the same thing your cousin has thought about. Probably. probably. But you're right. But hey, hey, look, if not, then it's a genius idea. I'm not hey, knocking the idea. It's a, it's, it's a topic for another day, but I think right now the injuries, like you said, I don't think I don't think they're going to be too, too much of an issue. I think the biggest issue is the Kuznetsov deal with LaViolette. Because that right. whole entire suspension, this team suspension thing where he doesn't think he's responsible enough and taking accountability for being late to meetings and doing this and doing that and not acting as like a starting center for the Washington Capitals, that's yeah. going to be a big of an issue because the whole fact that you need Evgeny Kuznetsov. And also, I keep mentioning my cousin. He actually made a really good comparison to Alexander Semin. Him and, and uh, Kuznetsov are kind of the same way where they play when they want to play. They don't play for when the team is, is 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 counting on them to be there or be late to the meeting or early to the meeting or whatever. Because now Sam Sonoff, which is not a good sign, is that you're looking at it now and now he's kind of not you know following the rules and stuff like that. But uh, I think another topic that we can get into right now, real 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 quick, is the goalie situation. Sure. Who is going to play goalie? Vanacek is probably <laughs> going to lead lead. I think he's going to probably get in there and and, and lead the team to, uh, in the playoffs. But uh, because of obviously Samsonov's issues here lately, but that's the thing is that I think whoever starts the Boston game is going to be the starter for the playoffs. I think you have to, you have to. It, yeah, it, it's got to be that way because you got to get you got to get somebody a little bit of momentum. Yeah, you know, heading into the play. But the, the interesting thing with the playoffs this year, though, is I mean, there probably is going to be a little break. I I, yeah. um, I don't know when how, how when the schedule is supposed to kind of shake out for the for the first round or yeah. whatever, but. Um, I think it. I think there's going to be a little bit of a break. So, you know, so being uh, and my point there is just that you know ha- being, having a hot goaltender is not going to be the. It, it's going to be a little different because right. you're going to have like a right. week off possibly. Yeah, and you also have the seeding situation too, which right now the Bruins have a game tomorrow against the Islanders and then Tuesday against us. And right now they have to at least I think gain at least one point because I think they have the tiebreaker over the Islanders. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure about that. They have one less game played. I think the Islanders play their last game, I believe, uh, tomorrow against Boston, and we play our last game against Boston on Tuesday. And then all of us, uh, including the Penguins, will have the same number of games played. But I was talking uh, about who do we want to play: the Bruins or the Islanders? Now, there's there, there's some speculation out there saying like, oh, we own Boston in the playoffs. I don't like to look at the past because you saw who they who they got. They got Taylor Hall. At the at the trade deadline, that's a different team. It's a different team than right, who we right. owned last time. And then the Islanders, you know, do you want to play Barry Trotz in the in the playoffs? Who knows? But it's like I rather play the Islanders because we've dominated them. I mean, that's most the thing. The it's been a dom- It's been dominating. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think you got to pick the Islanders. Yeah, and Boston. If you, Boston if has us all season pretty yeah. much so far. Yeah, no, I think Islanders have got to be. Uh, if you're a Caps fan, I feel like you got to want that yep. series. Because I think just like you said, just the fact that the Caps have been absolutely destroying the Islanders in, in, in recent history, and you yeah. got to go off the recent history. I think that's got to be what yeah. you think of. And they both got two good goalies. I mean, Varlamov for the Islanders and Tuka Rask for the Bruins. And I mean, when, when you look at those two goalies, it's like either of them can stand on their head and you know basically save everything. So I think if you flip a coin, we're hoping that. The Islanders win in regulation tomorrow, and then we beat them in regulation on Tuesday. Uh, that that's just my my theory. So I'm going to be watching both games the next two nights, and might even throw a little skin on them just to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think the playoffs are going to be next weekend. 
because there's still regular season games that have oh, to yeah. happen for some teams right. that are way behind, um, and like Vancouver and, and Calgary and things like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of games throughout the week, and then um, I think yeah, I think it's going to be next weekend. So uh, by the way, for those who are Caps fans that listen to the show, stay tuned for some Caps coverage by this show and others on the Contender. Uh, again, that's thecontender.com, contender with a K, and follow them on Twitter as well uh, because I think there, there's going to be some post-game, pre-game, a lot of different stuff. We may even do a live version of this podcast uh, on the air as well, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I want to quickly touch on the Washington Nationals. On the Washington Nationals. Perfect timing, quick. by the way. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, you know, not a whole lot to talk about with the Nats. Uh, I mean, bad week. Bad week. We talked about it um, earlier when we were recapping the week. Another note on that is just, again, the continuing frustration of Josh Bell, um, who, you know, the interesting thing with Josh Bell is they've they've now, they announced it, I think, recently that he's now, like, the team ambassador for, like, you know, fan ambassador type stuff, I guess, now. He's got the book club going on. Like, they are, the Nationals are really trying to make Josh Bell, like, a, a face of the team right now in a lot of different ways because I mean all, all signs are pointing to he he is a good guy like he's he's likely a good guy a good person right but the fact is you brought in this was the gamble that the Nats took bringing in a guy like Josh Bell bringing in a guy like Kyle Schwarber where there was a chance that they weren't going to be able to hit but if they did great you know you 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 sign them to a, a, just a couple year deal if they pan out awesome if not it's not the biggest worry in the world but at the same time you don't really know what to do with a guy like that because do you send him down to the minors? There's really not a lot in the minors that you can talent wise to bring up and kind of take his place. You really kind of needed him to hit. I mean, a switch hitting <laughs> power hitter at first base with an aging Ryan Zimmerman there. He's kind of, he kind of was an ideal signing for the Nats. Um, and it really hasn't panned out. And right now, Mike, I think he was what? I think one thirty five or something like that. Batting average wise. I think last time I checked. So, this is not good. I mean, the the Josh Bell supporters are are in trouble right now. He's batting, let's see, one forty one because he did get a hit today. Ooh. So one forty one. So still sub one fifty. You see any not, anybody on uh, Twitter start start going crazy over that? I mean, there were some people. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is people are rooting for the guy, and I don't want to root against him, right. but at the same time. 141, Mike, this is a guy that's supposed to be protecting guys like Juan Soto in this lineup, and he's just lost. I mean, two strikeouts again today. He struck out probably, I think, think a third of his at-bats. He strikes out, so it's not good. It's not fun as a fan to see a guy in your five or six spot just not hit the baseball. Right, and and that's a big thing is that when you're looking at comparative stats to other Nats players, Josh Harrison, who is basically signed as a utility guy, uh, like a Steve Lombardozzi or a Wilmer Defoe. He's supposed to be that kind of guy in our lineup. He has about eight more at-bats. He's batting 150 points higher in average. Yeah. He yeah, also has 170 great. points of on-base percentage more. I mean, and Josh Harrison is not a bad bat. I mean, he he can go out there, and 291 is probably not his career average. I mean, that's probably a little high for him, but a 270 yeah, is pretty sure. solid for him, I would yeah. say. And that's why he's been bounced around with teams because he knows how to hit the ball. And he, he also can play almost every single position on the field. Trust me, I play with him in the show all the time, and he's on every single – I mean, his, his... Oh, yeah, he's a utility guy. I mean, the Nats have used him in left field before. <laughs> They've used him – now, he does – Get some errors here and there. Like I know at yeah, second base right. he got a couple errors, but but no, you're right. That 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 has been a great pickup. He was good last year in the COVID season. He's been good here this year. I mean that's that's a guy who much 
lower kind of risk, high reward type guy, right? Versus what you do with Josh Bell. Yeah, and that's um, and that's the thing too is he has 86 at bats, 11 strikeouts. Okay, that's a pretty good percentage. It's not too bad. But when you're talking about you know Josh Bell go out there and have 26 Ks and 76 or 78 at bats. I mean that's that's a lot, <laughs> you know. It's a like you, you can't you have to go hit at least something. I mean the problem is, and like you said, I'm rooting for the guy because I thought it was a good signing, and I thought the Kyle Schwarber thing was a good signing as well. I was hoping that they would actually be doing something uh, more positive than what they're doing right now. Schwarber at 193, his on base percentage is, is pretty horrific at 261 still. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, you're looking at these two guys, and you're hoping you're hoping because it's a long season that they can possibly have a hot month. And then you know keep that momentum going, and, and then get back to their their norm. But right now, like you said, not having Juan Soto for the longest time, you know we treaded water, and we somehow, somehow, some way, we're like a half game out of first place or whatever it was. And now with those losses lately, uh, you know we're back down to three and a half games back of the Mets. But the, the the biggest thing about this is that these teams in the NL East are just beating up on each other. So. Yeah, not have, having Schwarber and Bell not being, you know, I guess you could say, like I said, the norm of themselves, it, it, it's not going to hurt us too, too much because of the sole fact that, hey, everyone in this division is beating up on each other. And actually, you look at it, four of the five teams have their, have a negative run differential. So that's also mm-hmm. a big thing as well. The, the Marlins somehow <laughs> have a plus 20, uh, which is crazy. But you're looking at it and just just saying, you know, most of these teams are just right now mediocre. The Braves last 10, 5-5. Five five. Nats 5-5. Five five. Marlins 5-5. Five five. Philly 6-4. and four. I mean, you're looking at the, it's, all, all these teams are just, you know, you win some, you lose some, you win some, you lose some. So it's, you're, they're going back and forth. So right now, yes, they're struggling. But I'm just hoping that at some point they get hot and then we can string together four or five series in a row, uh, you know, and not win every single game, but, you know, win those two out of three, three out of four, stuff like that, and kind of push forward. And the thing is, is NL East was thought of as a really, really strong division heading into this season. True. And still could be. Um, but right now, it's not necessarily going that way. Um, you know, we would be remiss without touching briefly on the news about FC, FP Santangelo. Obviously, there's still details to come out. We're not going to get into, all right, did he do this or did he do that? Because we don't know. We don't right. have any evidence of that. But uh, all we can read is is some of the statements and things like that. And um, this was uh, this was a statement made by Masson. Here, this was actually sorry. This was the national statement on FPC FP Santangelo. Uh, this was this was reported yesterday. Late last week, we were made aware of allegations of conduct by FP Santangelo that are inconsistent with our values as an organization. We alerted Masson and revoked our approval of him as a member of our broadcast team. Masson assured us that they would investigate these allegations thoroughly. After Masson notified us that their investigation was complete and that FP should be reinstated, additional posts appeared. Once again, we notified Masson and revoked our approval of FP as a member of our broadcast team indefinitely. Moving forward, we will refer all questions regarding this investigation to FP's employer, Masson. Uh, but actually, uh, w- the way it works with former players is actually MLB is the one who's responsible for FP Santangelo at this time um, as far as like things like questions and, and lawyer stuff. So it's it's just been a weird thing. From a fan perspective, you know, we're not going to get into the legal side of things because we're two idiots, but from a fan perspective, it was very strange. And, we, and you and I yeah. had been texting about it because it was a situation where Bob Carpenter, the Nats play-by-play guy, he was a planned absence. I think he was, I don't know, doing some family stuff. He was going to be gone. Right. So it was going to be Dan Coco doing play-by-play and F.P. Santangelo doing color in Toronto. Um, 
Next thing you know, and I believe they, they, were, they did maybe do one game together or something like that at first, but regardless, next thing you know, you've got Justin Maxwell, former Washington National player, doing color, which was rough, <laughs> which was rough. And, and I don't want to rag on the guy too much, but the big part is, and you and I know this because we've broadcasted with people that are doing it for their first time, yeah. and, and you've got some folks that are able to kind of ease into it fine and kind of be natural, and then you've got people that have a really hard time. Justin Maxwell had a really hard time, Mike. Yeah. I mean, the guy was whispering the whole broadcast. It <laughs> oh, yeah. did not sound good. Well, yeah, when, uh, I, when I checked in on it, I was like, man, this I don't know what's going on here. This is like a morgue or something like that. It's like, yeah, it was really bad because – Like a library. They, because his energy made Dan Coco's energy kind of go down too. Yeah. So they were both very quiet, and it just didn't sound good. Then you get Grant Paulson in. You and I both like Grant Paulson. He's kind of a polarizing figure, I guess, because a lot of people on Twitter like don't like Grant Paulson, um, right. which is weird because I, I think he's a nice guy. I mean, I think he does a good job on 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 the fan, but he and he knows his stuff. He follows the sport. He does stuff with MLB uh, radio and stuff like that. So he was doing color commentary with Dan Colco for a bit, um, and then FP came back for a game. That was weird. And then he disappeared again. So uh, the fans have been going nuts all week trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Today and, and for the foreseeable future, it looks like it's going to be Bob Carpenter doing play-by-play and now Dan Colco doing color, which he's more suited for versus play-by-play. True. Um, but it's a very weird situation. Uh, a lot of accusations going out there. Again, you know, Mike and I are two idiots. We're not here. We're not going to go through the DMs that have been uh, floating around on Twitter and stuff like that and talk about that because we don't know. We don't know. We weren't there. We don't know the full details of the case. Yep. We'll figure it all out. I'm sure it'll all come I know. Out I like. definitely was not there. Right. <laughs> but our big thing is, the, 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 you know, the, the thing is, is you and I both are not big fans of FPC Intangible right. from a purely, like, broadcast standpoint. Yeah. Um, we feel like the Nats and Masson need a revamp regardless of whatever happens. Or obviously, you know, we'd hate to see it happen this way because of, you know, if there are victims of, of whatever he may have done, obviously, you know, our heart goes out to them. Yep. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like I'd rather see him and Bob be removed from their positions because of being bad broadcasters <laughs> right, right. Than, than, you know, than, than any sort of bad situation like this. Um, but I think in general, Masson just needs an overhaul, man. Mm-hmm. I think if FFP ends up getting fired, which who knows, we're not saying he is, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think that the Nats should – they can ride out the rest of this season with Bob and Colco. Um, and then I think they got to just clean house, man. I think they clean house. They revamp the network entirely. You bring in a new play-by-play guy. You bring in a guy like Mark DeRosa or something like that to do color commentary. And, and you start over, um, you know, rebrand Masson, all that good stuff. Because, Mike, Masson, as you and I say it all the time, looks like it's the 80s right. when you look at the graphics and stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll keep my opinion short and sweet here. I mean, I just think that when we talk about it time and time again, I mean, I would love, honestly, I would love, which I don't think it's going to happen for Dave and, um, and uh, geez, now I'm going to go mind blank. Charlie? Charlie, yeah, I knew it started with a yeah. C. I, I, was, I haven't listened to the radio in so long. I keep, I keep forgetting things and going mind blank. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Dave and Charlie would actually like to go to TV, that would be perfect. Oh, sure, sure. I'd be, yeah, I'd be totally happy with because, that. Because, uh, n- number one, they are perfect. Now, we know the difference between radio and TV. In radio, you have to paint the picture because everyone's listening. They're wondering what's happening, and they are perfect at it. They are great, especially when they sure. alternate, when they go you know, three innings, three innings, three innings or whatever. But when it comes down to TV, you're watching it, so you're just talking about the game. And you know, we're not like you said, we're not big fans of Bob and FP. Um, but you know, just like you, just like you mentioned, if there's victims something like that, this is not the way we wanted them to quote unquote go out. But 
just their whole entire broadcast is just blah. You know, it's like at least when you have O's games, you got Jim Palmer and his soothing voice. You can you can fall asleep to Jim Palmer's voice. You know, if you wanted to have it on like a like an app or something like that, he could sit sit there and read you a story and you fall asleep uh, because his his voice is so soothing, it's so nice. You know, and it's like he knows baseball too. He's not a Justin Maxwell. Sorry, Justin, but I mean at the same time, Jim Palmer. You know, and by the way, he's the last guy before John Means to throw a no hitter for the O's, no hitter complete game. I heard that on the radio. So just to throw that out there. But I don't know. I just think that, you know, when you look at the rankings and how Masson, with the Nats at least, have been so low in the bottom three for the last, like, five years, and the O's have been the top five for the last, like, decade, it just – it's it's hard to watch sometimes, and that's the thing is it's hard to I love watching the Nats, but it's just hard to watch because it's just so like oh well, well you don't know baseball you know we always say the same old things, but it's at the same time you know a whole revamp you know I think this is honestly the the, the, the ticket to do it. I don't think they're gonna get rid of Bob Carpenter um, because more so it's on the FP side with this controversy, but also with uh, the fan disconnect uh, with the broadcast team in general because Bob Carpenter's been there for the entire time. I mean, I was more right. of a Rob Dibble guy, um, but you know, I didn't like him kind of ragging on Strasburg every other day. Um, but at the same time, he told it how it is. He he's like, oh, when I was playing this, did this. I mean, he was always the guy that was like, you know, bring the hammer down on somebody. Um, sure. But at the same time, it's like I just like guys that you know know baseball, but don't look at a fan on you know on the other side of the screen, on the other side of the TV, and saying like, you don't know baseball if you think about this. That's what I hate right. about it. Right, right, and so you know we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I, I definitely I'm, I'm with you. I think I think there there should be some sort of uh, reevaluation of Masson or re re. I mean, we've already talked about it for years that this team needs to move away from Masson entirely. Maybe get get into an NBC Sports uh, situation and, right. and, and and you know have a network that way. So we'll keep an eye on it. But for now, FP is there. There's been no other news come out as far as is he officially let go or anything like that. It seems like there's just an investigation happening right now. He's currently off the air still, so we'll see there. Um, let's get into a little forecast on what's on the schedule this week for our team, starting with the Wizards. You got Atlanta on Monday, as we talked about. Atlanta Wednesday, Cleveland Friday, Charlotte Sunday. And then that's the end of the regular season yeah. for the Washington Wizards. Four games throughout the week. Keep an eye on these Wizards, see how they do. Mike, pretty simple. Boston for the Caps on Tuesday. Not a lot to report there. And then the Nats, three series, uh, three, sorry, three games at home against Philly uh, starting on Tuesday. And then you got the Arizona, the D backs. This is like the third time this team's played the D backs, I feel like. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> uh, for, for the weekend series, they're going to be in Arizona this time. So those are going to be some late games, I believe, if they're going to be West Coast time. Right. Maybe not, um, nine o'clock so, games, maybe. Yeah, and you know, you know me. That's way past my bedtime. <laughs> uh, let's get into the final lap here. A chance for me to. Bring up some big stories in sports. Here are Mike's thoughts on it. Here we go. Starting with the Derby. Kentucky Derby champ disqualified. Mike, did you see this? I did see the news today. I, I, I was driving, so I didn't get to look more into it. But I'm going to go on there and check it out a little bit later. Okay. We'll, get, we'll, we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll hear your thoughts there on Twitter. Uh, DK Metcalf <laughs> finishes ninth in race against professional sprinters. Got long legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, former NFL defensive end Brendan Bear saved a man from a flaming semi truck minutes after it had been struck by a train. He saved the man's life. He should be on the show Heroes, even though it's not. Do you remember Brandon Bear? No idea who he is. Yeah, never. Did he play for the Bears? Uh, that would be good. <laughs> Lions cut running back Carryon Johnson, and now the Eagles have claimed him and added him to their uh, running back 
uh, squad. They've got two or three pretty solid backs now, Mike. Yeah, Miles Sanders is their leading back, so we'll have to see what happens with him. But he's more of an injury-prone type, type of guy, so carry on. Might get some uh, kick return options. We'll see. Jacob DeGrom exited the Mets game today. Possible injury. They're trying to figure it out, but he did leave early. Uh, I mean, sucks for the Mets fans. Pretty good for the rest of the NL East. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that one. And last <laughs> but not least, the the segment that the people love, they clamor for it every single week. Would Mike give up fast food knuckle for year four? Here's the scenario, Mike. It is a golden ticket in the Major League Baseball. And the golden ticket means you can attend any game in any city for a season. Now, here's some other stipulations. Okay. I didn't want to put all the details. Give it to me. Here we go. So, your seats, are, they're not like every game is behind home plate or anything like that. Okay. But they're good seats. Let's say 200s, you know, you got a good view from behind home plate. You're not like directly behind home plate, but you're in the 200s, so you're like that, that first section back. Um you, you you have the whole you know the the section to yourself and stuff like that, especially with the pods you know they're they're doing in the game. So it's not like you've got people all, all top on you. Okay. Um. So it's free. You can go to any game in any city for a whole season. So Mike, you plan a little trip out to California. You can go see any games over there. Keep in mind the games are free. You also, and this is the key part for you, <laughs> all inclusive for ballpark food. And drinks. Now, drinks, I'm going to have to limit you to sodas. I don't think they're going to be giving you free beers all night. Yeah. But um, we'll say you can have sodas, water, whatever. Those, that uh, Non-alcoholic drinks, okay. we'll, we'll say. Um, but ballpark food, whatever the stadium's got, you can have. So free food and drinks while you're there. You get a seat at, at any game that you want all season long. That's the scenario. So it's just one game? No, no, no. For a whole season, you can show up oh, at, at to any, any game. game. Okay, any game for any team in the country for the MLB, okay. for Major League Baseball. So it's a golden ticket. This is what they. I think this is actually a thing they give to uh, players who have been in the league. I think for ten years or something like huh. that, they get this where they can show up to any game at, at, at any time. But I don't know about the food and drink stuff. But right. so you get a golden ticket for a season. So. You know, it could be, I guess, starting next season, I guess, the 2022 season. You can go to any game in the country for free with food and drink all included. Man, so, and, and, and my seat preference isn't completely, you know, where I want to be. Well, it's a good seat. It's a good seat. So it's but a predetermined you... seat? So it's like a, it's like an airplane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have like, it'll be about the same type of seat. In every stadium, basically. Okay. But it's a good seat. It's it's home plate view. It's just one section back in the 200s, front row of the 200s. Um, and uh, if you want it on the end, you can get it on the end. If you want it in the middle, um, you know, we can get into those details. Maybe but in the middle. you can yeah. show up. So, like, so, like again, you, you, you show up in New York for a weekend, you're going to Yankees games as much as you want. Yeah. As many as those Yankees games, you hop over to Queens, you go see a game at City Field. You have the you you stroll right in to the stadiums. Right. You just flash the little ticket. You're in. You flash the ticket oh, to the food vendors. You're you, you free food hmm. for a full MLB season. I'll t- six I'll, I will tell you right now. This is the best one yet. Okay, it's the best one yet. Okay, it's excluding postseason though. They're not going to uh, let you into the World Series with this. It's just regular season. Mm. Which is still, I mean, it's 162 <laughs> games times 30 teams. You yeah. can go. There's a lot of options. A lot there. of options there. Um, 
You know, one thing I will say is that one of my dreams is to visit every uh, MLB park, number one. Sure. And also every uh, arena, like every hockey arena or something of that nature. Right. Um, oh, man, this is tough. This is tough. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to lean no. Oh, oh man. my God. I, Because, I, I, I mean, dude, man, it's – a lot, it's a lot of a lot of giving up for for the golden tickets. Because think about it, though, won't I want to have a, a nice cold draft? You know, when I'm at the game, I don't, I don't, I can't drink Coke Zero every every time. Okay, so the difference is, if they let you have free beer, you would do it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Might oh, be the kicker. Well, there. that wasn't the scenario. Hey, Not that was that was very close though. That that was. All I right. mean, I was teetering. I was like the cliffhanger game from Price is Right. I thought man. I had you. I thought I had you. Yeah, uh, we were we were close. We'll try again next week. Uh, let's move on to the segment now where Mike, the trivia master. Do we call this a segment or, or, or uh, uh, any type uh, of thing? It's, it's like an unofficial segment. It's okay. The question. Yeah, it's not that long. It's No, that's the uh, that's the name of the segment. We'll call it the question. Oh, the question. Okay, not bad. Nice and simple. All right, so Mr. Simpson, in our game of You Gotta Know Washington Sports Trivia, who set... The Washington single-season record with 113 receptions in 2013. So about eight years ago. For the then-Washington Redskins, who set the single-season record with 113 catches in 2013? Right, I'm trying to, like, let you know where my brain's going. By the way, hands are up. I'm not. Oh, yeah. His hands are up, guys. My, His hands are up. I saw the wedding ring. Um, I'll tell you where my brain's going. Immediately, my brain went Santana Moss. Okay. That's where my brain immediately went. 2013. If you need a hint, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Not, maybe not. Maybe on your what you just said, I'll give you a hint on. Uh, okay. But maybe not. Uh, so is your hint, it's not Santana Moss? No, my hint is think later. Okay. Okay, later. Santana's you know biggest years were back in the late 2000s. Right, right. Deshaun Jackson played for the Redskins, right? Didn't he, he did. Like he did. Season? He did. Okay. Think about injuries, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> you can get this. You can get this. I know. I know I can. Okay? But this is <laughs> what happens is your brain just goes to weird places that yeah. you like, can't remember. Was it like a – God, who was – Possession receiver. Not really a high flyer. Okay, so it was it was <laughs> was it an was it an older receiver like a vet? Kind of. Because I'm thinking of Pierre Garcon. I don't know. Was it? Is it Pierre Garcon? Is that your answer? That's my answer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Ooh. I got that right too. I was I was like I'm thinking okay. Pierre Garcon, and I and I was like oh Garcon Garcon is the answer. There you All go. All right. Give a, wow, give, okay. give a couple more coins for that. That was good. It took a it took a while. It took a while to, to get there, but <laughs> but you, you guided me there. Um, all right, <laughs> I guided you there. That was a good question. That I mean, these are both really solid questions so far because yeah. they make you think a bit. There's some options to think about, and if you're again, I'm not a diehard right. uh, Redskins fan or Washington football team fan. So you know, uh, well, there, get, again, there are there, right. there are things on here like this one you would get in a heartbeat. There are wizards and different things of that nature on there. Like in 2003, what former Knicks and Bucks GM began his lengthy stint at president and basketball of basketball operations for the Wizards? Our boy, yeah, our boy Ernie. Yeah, Ernie's last laugh in the Ernie Steele. 
Yeah. Um, Ernie Steele. Well, throw me a throw me a non football question one day, okay? okay. Yeah, I will. I, I just it could be a hard one. Well, Find like a very difficult basketball or baseball one. Well, the, here's one about the bullets, but uh, nah, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna know that. 91, 92. West I, I was born yeah. in 91. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the money line. Cha ching. Uh, Mike and I had uh, so so I made up some ground, Mike, because you went zero and two. Is that right? No, I went one and one. I've, I've just been okay. splitting every single week now. All right, so you went one and one. I went one and one. It's kinda, also, kinda I got my upset pick right. Um, so I'm four and eight now. Are you four and uh, six? Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. That's only, right that's now. twelve. We only done ten so far. Okay. I'm trying right, to give well, you props here, man. Four and I'm eight. Four and six. Four and eight doesn't look as good as four and six. All right, I'm four and six. You're five and five. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So I'm only one back. It's not good. So man. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm looking all right here. Um, all right, my lock of the week. I got, you know, I've been betting against the Tigers every single time they play because they've right. been losing nonstop. So I'm going to keep with that. Royals over Tigers on Tuesday. I don't even know the pitching matchups. I'm just telling you, the Royals are going to win. And then my upset. I was looking at the sketch. I like Pacers over Bucks on Thursday. I like I think, that. I like. I that. think Milwaukee. You know they've already clinched the playoffs. I think they're going to rest some guys here towards the end of the season. They already know that they're probably not going to get a one or two seed. So um, I'm going to say Pacers are going to take down the Bucks on Thursday. Yeah, I do like that pick. I was actually going to go with something of that nature as well uh, because I think the Pacers. Um, you know they're going to try to fight for with the Wizards, obviously with right. losing back to back against the. Oh Wizards. yeah, they're going to try to win some of these games. Yeah, so especially with the Bucks, that's good uh, analogy there because the sole fact that, like you said, the Bucks probably just going to rest some guys and and, and maybe rest uh, the, one of the under the Kumpels or whatever, whatever, right? Or, or whichever yeah. one that's, it is. That's a good way to pronounce. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> my lock is Golden State over the Pellies on Friday, All right. um, All right. mainly because I'm done betting on the Pellies to win. By the way, yeah, you screwed me every single time. Well, that and all. Also, Zion got hurt, so uh, we'll have to see about that. And that whole entire fiasco was nuts, blaming uh, the refs for how bad they're. I mean, it's, that was stupid. Uh, they got fined what two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something, or twenty five thousand, something yeah. like that. David Griffin got fined. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. So my upset is the O's, the Baltimore Orioles over the Mets on Tuesday. I'm all aboard the John Means train. You I'm, should be. I'm hoping. Welcome. I'm Welcome. hoping I've that been a dude. John Means. Yeah. Truth oh, you or, called it. For a long time. You called it, man. And yeah, I'm hoping I love that guy. I'm, I'm ho- I love that guy. I'm um, in love with John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping he can be in the race and the running later in the season for the Cy Young because now that would be a fun thing to see. Uh, oh, and absolutely. I, I'd like to know when the last Orioles player, if ever there was an Orioles player that was e- even in the top three. The, the only one I can come up with is possibly Mike Messina, but that's the only one I can think of uh, as yeah, being close. It's probably to any- been a while. Probably not since like Jim Palmer. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 50, 50 <laughs> years ago. It's um, been a while. But I got the Baltimore Orioles over the Mets on Tuesday. That's a good pick. Uh, the Orioles are one of those kind of spunky teams that they'll pull out a nice win every now and then, especially with John Means on the mound. So he's, he's, well, they're he's playing the really, Mets really in solid. New York against Marcus Stroman, right. so that's kind of why I thought it might be a, a, kind of an upset because they're probably not going to be favored. They might have a, a plus one-and-a-half run line. NL East fans will be keeping an eye on Phillies Braves tonight on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Obviously, that game will probably be over by the time you listen to this. But um, besides that, people, we got a fun week of sports ahead. Playoff pushes for the Caps, for the Wiz, the final games for all these teams here before the postseason. So you're going to get some great postseason coverage here uh, by this show and others on the Contender. Again, we encourage you to check out the Contender. That's Contender with a K. TheContender.com. Follow them on Twitter as well. 
And then follow us on Twitter, of course, at the DC Crossover. We gained a couple new followers recently, um, and uh, we want we want more. Let's get to a hundred at least. Like, yeah. come on, it's embarrassing to be in the two digits. Like, come on, get us to a hundred. Um, and then always follow Mike as well at around sixteen. Um, and especially if you're a fan of the Pens or the Rangers or something like that, fight with Mike. Uh. Try to fight with Mike on Twitter. <laughs> Try to get blocked. See what you can do to get blocked by Mike on Twitter. Well, it, was, it, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't that hard this last time. <laughs> Before we leave, Mike, any final thoughts? Here to send the people out for a great week here in May. I, I will say one thing. If you're betting on a guy with the last name Neto, don't bet on him because he really yeah. screwed me last night, and I don't think he made a single bucket possibly. No. Uh, and he scored, like, what, 22 or something like that? His career high, like, two nights prior. I bet on him to make one single three-pointer I needed him to make, and he went, like, 0 for 6 from, 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 the, fight, from the field. I'm like, Ugh. I'd say – if you're looking for a little betting tip, look at the in-game uh, props for Russell Westbrook's total points, rebounds, and assists. Right. Obviously, you can do the triple-double prop, but that's not going to get you much um, uh, in return. But look at the totals. I did the totals the other night. It was like 51 or something like that. Yep. He blew by that. Um, so I'd say that. If you're, if you're a fan duel fan out there or, or whatever betting service you want to use, uh, I'd say take a look at the in-game player props there, especially with Russell Westbrook here as he goes for another for the triple-double record. He's going to be going for that. Um, And you know he's going to try and get it because he's Russell Westbrook. (laughs) He's just a machine. Uh, That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. We will see you next week on The Contender, on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you follow the show. We appreciate you. Have a good week.